This week's podcast brought to you by Coles de Sac. One of our children was discussing the uh, possibility of studying medicine at some point, but, but recoils at the sight of blood and gore and surgery. So our youngest said to her, and I was listening, you should become a pediatrician. And I said, that's a great idea. You wouldn't necessarily have to do surgery. And our youngest said, and you wouldn't have to examine old people's body parts. Well, I finally, finally posted a picture on our Ball and Chain Instagram account, which is at Ball and Chain Podcast, I think. You're asking the wrong person. Anyway, it was the picture of the pumpkin, the beautifully carved pumpkin that arrived. We talked about it last week. I posted the picture and we had it out on the on like a table on our front steps for Halloween. Do you know why we have that table on the front steps? Why do we have that table? Because on the front Domino's steps? no touch delivery requires you to put in where you want the pizza left. And if we left, left it on the front steps, the dogs would eat it. So I put a little table out there. That's the Domino's pizza That's table. the Domino's pizza table. Um, but it was perfect for the pumpkin. It's made more for like something like a pumpkin or a plant than it is for Domino's delivery. But anyway, um, at least one, perhaps more trick-or-treater, um, when they trick-or-treator, when they came by, said, oh, I like your pumpkin, or really? that's a nice pumpkin, yes. I did not know that. I was not handing out candy. Yeah, I, I, I was handing out the candy. And then um, this weekend, it was actually Sunday before the trick-or-treaters came, I was driving um, one of our kids to a basketball game, going through you know pretty Connecticut town, and um, there was a sign, it was actually in Burlington, Connecticut, a sign that said, enter your pumpkin in our pageant. And I felt like it was speaking to me. It was Sunday, and you know, like I just felt like a spirit was speaking to me directly. A that, pumpkin pageant. Yes, there was a pumpkin pageant in Burlington, and I don't know if you enter your uncarved pumpkin. Like if you just say this is a beautiful pumpkin, I don't know how you judge a pumpkin. I, I is it you, by I, weight? Is I, it by? It's the swimsuit category that right. I think is crucial. Right. How do you think? I, I have no idea, but. If it was, it's it's when they ask the pumpkin, "What would you do to achieve world peace?" I think that is uh, the crucial. That's the, that's the answer. Judging, and spot. W- and would it have been fraudulent if I had entered our pumpkin? Um, I mean, it is ours now, even though George and Columbus is the one who makes it look the way he's it the, looks. He's the he's, he's he's the artist. He's the artist. He's in the avant-garde of pumpkin <laughs> artists. I think. Yes, he's in the avant-garde. Um, so yeah, would I would I be able to enter our our pumpkin? Um, but again, I don't know if it. I don't know. I I've never been to a pumpkin pageant, so I don't know how they're judged. Again, like if it's just who has the biggest pumpkin or who has the bumpiest pumpkin. Is that how? Is that how <laughs> or other pageants are judged? <laughs> yes, the biggest and bumpiest. Yeah, basically. Um, so I don't know, but uh, but I was thinking about our pumpkin and and our monocle dealer. While I was driving through bucolic Burlington, now we have the sad, sad days of watching the pumpkin rot, watching our own faces rot on the pumpkin. But there's which is much like much like our uh, what we do in the mirror every morning. Right, true. Um, But uh, it'll it'll be a while. His pumpkins usually give us a good um, week or two before they just become 
rotting, rotting pumpkins. <laughs> Before we're, we're, we're surrounded by maggots. Yeah, I don't think maggots go for pumpkins. I think it's more flies. But well, whatever what they were, they were, they were tiny, tiny clouds of of, of little black flies on the uh, pumpkins that you had out there before. Yeah, I misjudged it this year because I I don't remember exactly when I went, but I bought a bunch of pumpkins and and mums and stuff to put on our front steps and in the front yard, and they looked really pretty. But I bought them mm, a week to ten days too early because you had to throw all of them in the woods a week before Halloween. <laughs> And ideally, you ha- like all the pretty little pumpkins and stuff that are decorating your your front steps are there on Halloween instead of in the woods rotting. Um, so next year I'll have to remember to to buy the pumpkins well, a like, little later, or maybe it was just because it's been so warm. Maybe in a normal fall when it's cold, they would have not rotted as quickly. Like Bill Bill Belichick's press conferences, we're on to Cincinnati. We're not talking about last week. We're now on to. What are Christmas. We we're skipping Thanksgiving. We're on to Christmas, basically. I'm talking about stored decor and stuff. And the beauty about Christmas is most of that stuff is artificial. Plug it in your yard. Put up lights. It's not going to rot on the house. You can put it up three months early if you want. Right. That's true. I don't want to skip Thanksgiving, though, although we don't really decorate for Thanksgiving around here. We've talked about before. You're not I'm not gonna, much of a decorator. The, um, the, the two possibilities you've got, and I'll, I'll give them to you right now. Okay. Cornucopia. Horn of Plenty. Are they the same thing? I don't know. I think so. They sound the same. Well, they sound... The corn and horn, yes, sound the same. No, no. But, in my but, brain, but, when you when you said both cornucopia and horn of plenty, both of, the, both of those things conjured up the same picture in my okay. brain. Because I, I was going to tell you, if you didn't know, that, that things that rhyme are not necessarily the same thing, but just slightly different. You know what's been kind of um, new and different for us? is our oldest child is a senior in high school, which means she's looking at colleges. This is not something we've done before because she's our oldest. And It would have been odd if we had done it before. True, true. And, um, and now uh, November 1st deadline is passed, so some schools want the applications in by then. So like navigating that process. And, um, and now she's forwarding me all these things in my email that I just can't wait to look at, which is like all of the financial paperwork that you have to fill out before um before your child goes off to college and um isn't it crazy that that they send out acceptance and rejection letters or i guess they're emails now and ask you to write essays like why why uh state tech university why why should we take you shouldn't the reverse also be true right well, why, why are you worthy of me why are we sending yeah, yeah. I mean, let's let's let let us do some financial vetting of you. Right, right. Yeah, and after the um, college admissions scan- scandal, college admissions scan- scandal. Yeah, the we the consumer should be the one vetting them. But I don't, um, I don't like to think of myself as a consumer of of education. I know, but we are, and it's gross. Well, I didn't. I didn't want you to say that. It, that is gross. You, you you can still be a scholar, somebody who's who's hungry for knowledge, or at least, you know, wants to experience college without being a consumer. I feel like I'm a consumer more than I am a human being. Right. When I wake up in the morning and I look at my phone, and and the first thing I see is is some targeted ad for underpants or something. I just I just I, I feel I feel more consumer than than human yeah i I, like i'm excited for her to figure out where it is that is going to be her next 
the next step in her or next place in her journey like that that's exciting for her and you know it's obviously going to be a big deal when when you know she leaves home and goes off to college like wonderful and all of that but I'm already sort of tired of the the process itself like you said like you know why this university or you know like write in 150 words why we should consider allowing you to come to our prestigious school but it, like it's, it's, it's the whole it's, thing it's, is just a little icky it's a, it's just a pose on the part of the schools and it's you know a big numbers game where if we don't have enough we're scrambling to get you but if we have you know too many then we're it's it's silly no it is it, it, a lot of it is that and it was kind of funny because of this same basketball game where i drove through burlington in their um, pumpkin pageant and got there um there was another mom there who I, i've gotten to know and, and she played basketball in college out uh in the pacific northwest <laughs> and she has a son who's a senior and he's applying places and we were just kind of commiserating about the whole application process and she said said, I, I never applied anywhere. And I said, yeah, neither did I. Well, I was going to say, that's because as a recruited athlete, you did have the reverse of, shall I choose you? Or no, off with your head. I will, right. thumbs down to you. Right. You will entertain me at a at a football game, and I will decide on the basis of this weekend if, if you are worthy of my, you know, you get but your five in final fairness, visits, all like, that. You know, I had to give submit my test scores and my GPA and my, you know, what is it called? Well, I'm, not I'm, my resume. I'm not but suggesting my, anything wrong like, with it. Right, I'm no, saying that's why you find this experience so annoying as a, as I don't, a parent. I don't know that it's annoying. I just um, maybe did I use that word? Because maybe that's not quite right. It's it's just a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot for a 16 or 17 year old to navigate. It's already hard enough for them. You know, there's so much going on when you're a senior, and then the whole thought process going into leaving home and where you're going to go the, the next year, and and like. I don't know. I feel like like schools are they have zero interest in making this a pleasant experience for the kid. It's almost like we have the power and we are going to like wield it even no, in the application I, I, process. I, I That's how it feels yeah. to me. Well, it it's it you're right. It does need to be over and the big stress is that your kid for us and for her will be going off to college next year somewhere else and that's scary. And doesn't it, it's not made any less kind of uh, stressful by this whole process. Well, since I wasn't passing out the candy, I was passing out. I just wasn't passing out the candy on Halloween. Were there any costume trends, any interesting characters who came to the door? I think the consistent theme this Halloween, there was a ton of kids, like a ton of kids. Halloween we, was back in a big way we, this year. We ran out of candy Earlier, we nearly ran out. Of we candy. nearly ran out. I, I I became the person at the end who every time I gave out like two little pieces of candy was was saying to the kids, "I'm so sorry, like that I'm being stingy, stingy but um I'm I'm we're almost out of candy." At that point, you just hand out eggs and let them have their way with your house. Right. Right. Yeah. Nobody nobody um slammed the pumpkin. That was a good thing. Um. But our our neighbor, one of our neighbors, did put out. A, a, they were gone. Their their kids are grown. They had. L- left I think for the night but they put out a large massive container of candy and I think the first or second wave of trick-or-treaters cleaned it out well let's let should we tell the whole truth here well what is the whole truth the whole truth is nothing but the truth our youngest said to us that the group of kids that our son was a part of had wiped out 
all of our neighbors' okay. candy. Okay. And but so you then took a giant bag of candy. Of that, our candy. Of ours. And that, well, actually, their that supply. a friend had brought over. And you went over and replenished their supply, which was a good solid on you. That was that was well done. And I love that our youngest came home yesterday and said that one of her teachers asked the kids what was the weirdest thing they got on Halloween. And, and one of the kids said they got a single apple slice in a Ziploc bag. <laughs> now, do you suppose that person was giving out apples, started running out of apples, and then cut them up into single slices of apples? Probably, if it was anything like our experience. Or um, do you think that that person realized giving out apples is giving out projectiles and that they would end up with uh, applesauce all over their house. So therefore, if they only gave out, it's like when they take off the screw cap of the of right. the bottle of soda at a basketball game so you can't use it as a projectile. A single apple slice, you can just try to like skim it across a little pond. You can't really do much damage with that. Um, the consistent theme that I saw was um, lack of effort, really, in the costumes. I think part of that was because we had a lot of ki- older kids come through. Also, also... What what's ex- what explains any issue that you have these days is supply chain issues. Right, right. That's tr- that actually is true because we had a hard time getting our youngest daughter her costume um, because of supply chain issues. But uh, we had a number of high schoolers because I asked a couple of kids. I was like, "How old are you? What grade are you in?" And they they were in high school. Do you, do you ask um, them that to shame them or to make them uncomfortable? Um, no, just because they were were taller. All children are our children are exceptionally tall, and I don't but think no, they would appreciate then, going to the door and say, "Hey." No, but then I would follow it up with, "Well, I'm glad to see you're still trick- yeah. you're still out here." I I'm I'm very I'm a very pleasant candy hander outer, um, candy hander, candy hander outer. Um, the the your, one your your in, inner candy hander outer is uh, is, is happy is good yeah. There was one girl who came by. I would say hey, seventh or eighth grade. She was a middle school age girl. She was with a friend, um, not in our neighborhood. I didn't recognize her. She's she's not she doesn't live on our street. But like lots of kids from outside of our our neighborhood come and trick or treat, which is great. We're in a cul-de-sac, so it's a good good spot. And I said to her, I said, how's the neighborhood this year for trick-or-treating? And um, I didn't expect the answer of, eh, it's just okay. Like, kid, you don't even live in the neighborhood. You got dropped off in our neighborhood. The you, problem is... I said, are you, go- are you going and knocking on doors and then people are giving you free candy? Like, to me, that's, that's a good, that's a good uh, Halloween. You should have asked them, are you only trick-or-treating on... Culls de sac. Are you trick or treating on multiple culls de sac, or just our cul de sac? Culls de sac, really? Yeah. <laughs> culls de sac. You, you think cul de sac has ever been turned into a plural? Well, when I was you growing are. up, there was no such thing. It was just a circle. You know, you lived. Somebody, your friend, lived on the circle. Uh, cul de sac is. I can't even do my pretentious French uh, pronunciation. You think there's of that. kids out there in, in in our town saying, "Let's go hit all the calls de sac." All all of the calls de sac on which attorneys general live. We're going to hit. That's going to be our. You have to hit, narrow it down somehow. That's my trick or treating uh, strategy. Um. Well, the I'm going to give you the best costume, and um, I, I've mentioned this before. My parents never let us buy Halloween costumes. My mom was creative and made costumes, and they were always like really cute and well done. I never bought them either. Yeah. Um, so a girl came and she had a laundry basket that she was standing in. It was almost like her skirt or her tutu was mm-hmm. the laundry basket and some laundry in it. And then I don't remember if she was wearing like if she had socks pinned to her um, shirt or whatever. And then what you were putting the candy in was a big plastic jug that used to hold 
I think it was all or Tide. It was Tide detergent. And she just it? cut a piece out of. So you put the candy in this plastic um, jug of Tide, empty jug of Tide detergent. And she was uh, like, laundry. It was great. It was creative. I've never seen it before. It was clearly homemade. Um, if I had to give out an award for best costume or if I was going to steal a costume for one of our kids in, in future years, that would be the one. You mentioned Tide. You mentioned all. Can you name three other detergents? Those are the only two I've used. There's like the um, all-natural brands, but I don't I'm know not, what those are called. I, I, I can name a current, like a new detergent. Downy, but, but that's fabric softener. You know what? They must be... Fab? Is Fab still a thing? Fab? Was that a fab detergent? Fab was a detergent. The, the one that I remember vividly, I, I hope it's still going. Because we kind of, are we tied or all? We're all. We're all, yeah. Uh, free and clear. All. Free and clear? What? Yeah. yeah that's, like, a, that's the name of a detergent? No, it's all, but the free and clear version. It sounds like, it sounds like all. I think it has less bad sounds stuff like for all the has, environment. Sounds like all had just been acquitted at, at, at a trial. <laughs> it does, yeah. All free and clear. Mm -hmm. That's your brand of detergent? That's the stuff that you sometimes pour into the dish, uh, or not the dishwasher, the washing machine. Smell yes. like a newly acquitted war criminal? Is that yes. that's free their slogan? And clear. Mm -hmm. All free and clear. Um, no, I was thinking of all temperature. Cheer. Oh, I remember all cheer. All temperature. They would say all temperature? Yeah. I can't think of a jingle for any of those. But, but does cheer oh. still exist? And if so, can we get it? I don't know, because there's a lot of stuff I can't get anymore. When I go to the because grocery of supply store, chain because issues, because of supply chain issues, surprisingly today cream cheese was one of those things. Couldn't get cream cheese unless I wanted it with chive in it, and I don't. I don't want my cream cheese with chive in it. I just want plain cream cheese. It was no no cream cheese today at the grocery store. Why can't we get cream cheese given our our relative close proximity to Philadelphia, where I assume all cream cheese is made, or our our proximity to all the local cows? I don't know, but I couldn't. Well, I, I, proximity to cows isn't really helpful, too, unless you're going out to make. Wouldn't it be? I, 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 cows produce, right, the milk in the cream cheese, a dairy product? I know college students used to go cow tipping at night, but I don't know that people go trespass on other farms and, and create cream cheese from the cows that are out there. Well, a lot of our standing. local farms, though, sell their own stuff. I should go to one of them and see if they have their own brand of cream cheese. Do you think our kids would eat that if it didn't come in a plastic tub with aluminum foil across the top? Yes, because it, they don't know. They, they're they handed a bagel with cream cheese on it. They don't always know where the cream cheese came from. So here's a question for you. Today, after I dropped, dropped the kids at school, I was driving home and I came into an, came to an intersection. And the car, you know, it was a four-way intersection. So everybody stopped and the car went in front of me, like crossed in front of me. And the girl, she I, I expected her to be an old woman, and it wasn't. It was like a teenage girl. But you didn't wait long enough. <laughs> when I tell you, her seat was so far forward, she was leaning towards the steering wheel with her chest almost touching the steering wheel. She was leaning towards the dashboard, I mean, with her chest almost touching the steering wheel. She didn't look like she was super small. Like, she didn't look like she needed her seat to be that far forward. But Did she looked like the seat had malfunctioned and was pressing her into could the... Could be. but Because it, it wasn't even that the seat was so far forward, but she had it tilted forward. Like, like say you you had an itch on your chest and you were, like, going to use the steering wheel to scratch it. That was her posture. And I was just watching and thinking, is what's going on there? Well, I don't know if we've ever told this on the podcast, but a friend of ours drove from Boston 
in a rental car to our house several years ago. And while he was on the Mass Pike, the seat of his rental car just started electronically moving forward mm-hmm. to the point where he thought he was going to die because he was being mashed into the steering wheel and towards the windshield and the thing just wouldn't stop. And eventually it just sort of stopped, but he had to pull off, I think, and, and somehow undo that, but it would be terrifying. That would be terrifying because what, what, what could you do if all of a sudden your seat just started trash compacting you it's like the scene into in the Star Wars. steering wheel? Yeah. The garbage compactor. I don't, I don't know. Well, I hope that wasn't happening with the girl because if it was, hopefully she would like pull over and push her horn and so that so, to alert somebody to help her. Sound like you'd be pushing the horn either way. What, yeah, whether you wanted to or not. You have to leave in 20 minutes. Our kids, our high schoolers have half a day of school, so we should probably get to viewer mail. Yeah, let's get to viewer mail. Big bad book, throw our lure, reel us in with your viewer mail. Our first viewer mail comes in from a tough schist. Oh, hello, tough. Hello, schist. <laughs> hello, tough. Jim Nance says, hello, friends. You have Hello Tough. Yes. I like it. Uh, Rebecca and Steve, I too have tickets, flight reservations, and hotel reservations for the final four in Minneapolis. I am ready to meet at a ball and chain gathering. Stone Curtis is not included. Thanks, uh, Lori. <laughs> tough schist. She's not including Stone. How great is Stone that? Stone doesn't have tickets. Or perhaps Stone uh, is looking forward well, tough to... Tough isn't inviting Stone to join her. Right. You know how, how our daughter went to uh, uh, Governor's Ball, the concert? There's the annual Jingle Ball. Mm-hmm. This would be the Ball and Chain Ball. Yeah, could be. Chain and Ball. I'm going to be there. So the rest of this production is kind of on you and Denny. Yeah. <laughs> I just have to bring four kids. Yeah. Oh. That might be a tough one. That might be a might tough be. shift. Yes. It might be a tough one. Well, if, if it could happen, it would be great. It would be a great place for it. But I have to say, if we're leaving uh, uh, travel logistics to Denny Gallagher, who's who's driving as many to Los Angeles from New Jersey. Yeah, I'm not feeling good about that. And it might be, uh, it might be in trouble there. Uh, Ralph in Maryland. I always say Ralph in Maryland, but it's actually Ralph in Pasadena, Maryland. Hello, Ralph. Not hello, tough. No, I mean maybe he's tough, but. Tough Ralph. Maybe. Ralph Schist. Anyway. Hi, Restiva, writes Ralph. Denny is certainly welcome to visit the East the East Coast Pasadena on his way to the West Coast Pasadena. We can figure out something to do depending on when he can get here. <laughs> Denny, you're in New Jersey. Not well, uh, it's you have to pass through Maryland. At least listen to California Dreaming on whatever device is available. I think Denny will be I, 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 that's a great point that Ralph brings up. I'm trying to now picture, and maybe we can come up with one for next week, Denny's a playlist driving from New Jersey to California. That um, That's something I told you. Our, our daughter made me a great, me and Ryan, a bl- great playlist when we were driving. That should have been her college essay, is her what her playlist would be on her drive from Connecticut to wherever the school is located and why. Maybe your children, writes Ralph, can be the reporters, the, the, the kid reporter for B&C. Your youngest can ask Mr. Ruka what being a dad is like, or Ms. Rowe about the goat of the WNBA, etc. 
How do you think she would do with that? She'd be a... uh... She'd actually be pretty good, I think. Although I don't know if she she could ask, like, serious questions. She she would do a lot of buffoonery. She would do, yes. She likes to... uh, she likes to perform. Likes to insert comedy into every aspect of of her daily life, which I'm, I I almost entirely encourage. Yes. Well, this is just a, a lovely email that I, I I'm I think it's too good for our podcast, Rebecca. Well, then read it slowly. Hi, Stephen, Rebecca. It's a little early for Thanksgiving, but I want to thank you both for your perpetually positive perspective on life as embodied in your podcast. Ooh, you our like per- that perpetually positive. Yeah our perpetually positive perspective on our podcast, Rebecca. How do I read that quickly? I don't know, but do you think you're perpetually positive? You Do you have a perpetually positive perspective? Well, if... if well, I'm popping if, a lot of peas. If, if you were to uh, adapt a song from Mary Poppins for me and, and it wasn't practically perfect, mm-hmm. I think it would be perpetually positive. Mm, yeah. I think, I think either one would apply. Mm-hmm. Perpetually positive, practically perfect. Mm, sure. Uh, mostly modest. <laughs> I'd give you modesty. The other ones, mm-mm. you'd give me modesty. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll put a check in your modesty box. And 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 what the uns- perpetually the, positive, the, uns- the unspoken, and practically perfect. The unspoken part of that sentence is because you have much about which to be modest, right? <laughs> I didn't say that part. So much about which to be modest. <laughs> uh, well, this this is a nice email. I'm going to try to get through it in a perpetually positive perspective, okay. Rebecca. Go for it. Also, thanks to Denny for making it happen, and to Holly Rowe for being Holly Rowe, and to Tom, Dick, and Hari for the fanfare. Signed, Dave in Arcadia, resident environmental engineer. Ah. That's it. Ah, thank you. Thank you, Dave in Arcadia. Lo- it's, it's lovely. It's super lovely. Are you kidding? Well, I, thank I think, you. I think Dave is perpetually positive. And I don't know which Arcadia Dave is in. Off the top of my head, there are there are several American Arcadia, Ar- Arcadia, Arcadia. But Arcadia, the definition of Arcadia, Rebecca, is any place of rural peace and simplicity. That's why so many towns have been named Arcadia. Any place of rural peace and tranquility. Now, wouldn't you be perpetually simplicity positive? Simplicity or tranquility? Simplicity. Peace and simplicity. Peace and tranquility would be the same thing. So they went with... I thought the first time you said peace and tranquility, and the second time you said peace and simplicity, but it could have just been my ears playing tricks We might have to go to the replay booth on that one. Mm -hmm. But what it is, is any place of rural peace and simplicity. I can't say that word, R-U-R-A-L, the rural juror. Without thinking of the rural juror. I can't even say it, period. But that may explain Dave's perpetually positive, peaceful perspective. It may. Hi, Rebecca and Steve, writes uh, Susan. Long-time listener, first-time caller, and yes, I am a completionist, having listened from the very beginning. How about that? It's unbelievable. Completionist, Four years. But first-time caller. Oh, yeah. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Completionist, first-time first caller. Welcome. Uh, welcome. We're, we're welcoming you too late. But not, no. We're She's welcoming her as a viewer. For a long time. And we're just now welcoming her. Right. Unfortunately, we're out of candy, Susan. <laughs> we have a couple pieces left. But but please accept this metaphorical single apple slice in a Ziploc bag for your listenership. This is how dire it was. At the end, I don't know how one of the bags of candy that we got that was assorted had like one Rolo in a wrapper. At the end of the night, I was giving out 
two of those. I was giving out two Rolos. Individual Rolos? But they were wrapped. Yes, two You were giving them. out... That was that was how dire. Are you kidding me? No, that's why I had to apologize. Can you imagine seeing somebody? I tried to like, you, I, I put them in. I put them in serious? my fist. Listen, I would put them in my fist, and I would reach down and I would drop them in. Trying so to that make it sound loud. That's so they didn't see. That I was giving them two Rolos. That was just by the very very end of the night. How you were giving out two individually wrapped Rolos. I was. Mm-hmm. Or a Rolo, and then a really tiny, individually wrapped like bite stone of um, of Heath bar. It wasn't even like a bite size; it was a nibble. I don't know if they. I didn't know they made like nibbles. There nibble are size. there are other houses, another cul de sac, who are giving out regular size or even jumbo size. Yes, there are Kit Kats and things like that. You were giving out a single Rolo, two of them, but. And that's but I would say to the kids, I'm so sorry, we're almost wiped out. Next year, did you come say, earlier. Take two, they're small. Next year, come earlier. You <laughs> turned it around on the kids. I did. I said, next year, come earlier. Yeah, you come the night before. It's like a tag sale. And then I get all annoyed. the good stuff is gone by the time that it actually opens for business. And, and then I give a hard time that there was a kid who said when I asked how the, the trick or treating was on our street this year. Meh. Meh. <laughs> And they there were, are people giving out two individually wrapped. They were trying hard enough with their costumes that you were giving them a single tic tac. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm I'm horrified. I, I'm I'm horrified. Well, you should be. You were sitting and, and in I remember the other you came chilling. you came home complaining. And, I wasn't complaining. And, no, you came home from the grocery. Com- the, it wasn't on, a complaint on Saturday night. I might add the night before I Halloween. I came home. I did not complain. But lucky that there was any candy left I at all. I laid out all the candy and on the said, kitchen and table. You said, You'll and I never said, believe guess. how much I paid. No, no, no. no. I laid it out on the table and I said, guess how much I paid for this amount, for this candy. And you were like a third of what it actually was. There was no complaint. It was just a statement of fact that candy is expensive. And I paid a lot because we got a lot. And I still ended up giving out two Rolos at the end of the night. That's unbelievable. It it is. But what are you going to do? Like when you heard me at... Eight o'clock. Say we're getting really low on candy. We're getting really low on candy. Eight o'clock. You were saying that at seven o'clock. Okay, even worse. Did any part of your brain think there was no candy at CVS? I should drive to CVS. It's three minutes away and and replenish our supply of candy. Are are you out of your mind? You think there was candy left at CVS? That's where I got it on Saturday night. Right, right. And it was gone on Sunday. uh, Obviously, give me a break. I bet if you go there today, there's a ton of candy that's on sale. Buy one, get one. And if you'd gone there the night of Halloween, it would have been cleaned out. And they would have been restocking the shelves with 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 Christmas candy, cornucopia, and yeah. horns o' plenty. Okay. Well, don't don't act as if you're horrified that I was giving out two Rolos when you made no effort uh, at seven uh, o'clock I, 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 to go out and and supplement. And I'm, you know what? I, I'm not acting. And 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 I actually am pretty proud of myself. I felt like Jesus with the the <laughs> the bread and wine because. We end, at think, the end think, of the night, we didn't have to turn the lights out or anything. Every trick-or-treater that came to our door got something, and there that, ended up being was, like three pieces it, left. It was what, almost perfect doling out by me. You're thinking of, of loaves and fishes. Oh. This is this is, this is Rolos well, and Tic Tacs. there was Tic-tacs. wine, too. Oh, that, the wine was at the wedding. That yes. was something Cana, separate. Yes, yeah. yes. Okay, well, I'm thinking of loaves and fishes and wine, <laughs> and you, I'm comparing you have, myself you, to Jesus. You'd have been better off <laughs> giving out loaves and fishes. <laughs> Individually wrapped anchovies. Here's 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 a here's here's a That's baguette. The Russian house. Here's a baguette and a, and a cod, and some chive cream cheese from the local farm. Oh my! Uh, yeah. Can we get back us. to Sue from Massachusetts? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Sorry, so, Sue. Oh, this man. is what happens when you're a first-time viewer 
or a caller. Sue says, I was so happy to hear the recent comments from Rebecca, from Rebecca about playing in Gampel, parentheses, Gampel, question mark. Oh, yeah. Pavilion, I'm a UConn grad, class of 90, and I could see from my dorm window in the alumni quad the progression of the pavilion as it was being built. Now, consecutive I lived emails, in alumni quad. We have perpetually positive perspective and progression of the pavilion. This is mm. a peep poppers uh, uh, uh paradise alumni quad is still there by the way there are people right now living in alumni quad in watson dorm fourth floor that was my that was my dorm all four years this was so long ago that your own alumni quads have uh <laughs> have what deteriorated have, well they, no not not yours okay um i wouldn't say that i wouldn't say that um i have photos of the helicopter placing the top piece on wow that's pretty that's cool. pretty cool if you still have them and they're accessible, send them to us. I'm not sure how, but my dad, also an alum, secured tickets for the opening night game there. My brother, also an alum, are you sensing a theme? Worked in sports management there, and we have multiple signed pieces of men's and women's basketball memorabilia. Because of my brother's connections, we, my then boyfriend, now husband, were able to see many women's basketball games there during Rebecca's playing days. Now, when Gampel opened, wasn't it largely empty during your 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 games, like, no, it wasn't uh, largely empty, but this is what I remember. I don't mean I don't mean like junior and senior year, but I remember first... um I went the first game I went to was probably in 1990, 89-90 somewhere in there and um when it first opened and I can remember listening to the radio and um Coach Oriama was the guest on the local like um popular sports talk radio channel. And um the host was saying to Coach Oriama as he was on asking about the team and kept saying, you know, if you want to come see Gample Pavilion, you can come see Gample Pavilion during a women's game. The men's games are sold out, but you can come see Gample Pavilion for free if you come to a women's game. That was my like junior year in high school. And um, by my junior year in college or senior year, our games were sold out. But just think about he, like as with Coach Orama as his guest, he kept saying, if you want to see Gample and can't because the men's games are sold out, come on down. There's some just ignore the ladies who are running around on the court. You can see Gample. How cool, That's kind of crazy. How cool would it have been? Expensive, I grant you, if they had kept the helicopter there and they would just lift the dome off <laughs> like 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 a waiter removing the silver dome of a room service tray uh, for for people who wanted to see Gample. That would be sweet. They too would then have to be in a helicopter. That, well, or somewhere, or high. maybe maybe a different helicopter. Or you just have a you have a helicopter for the guests and a crane to lift the dome off. Maybe uh, think about that. I think it's still a good idea. Keep up the great work, writes Sue on the pod, which I discovered thanks thanks uh, to the aforementioned brother. Hi, Brian. If you can send some swag my way the next time you make a post office run, I'd appreciate it greatly. Thanks for keeping us laughing, Sue in in uh, South Hadley. Thank you, Sue. Uh, you know what, Rebecca? To my to my horror. I was cleaning off my dresser yesterday, and I found a piece of swag unmailed. There's also a, 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 a an envelope with swag unmailed and an envelope in my car unmailed and, un, and unfranked. I have to frank them. The problem with, with uh, franking the swag, uh, which is— You but, could get arrested. You could get, <laughs> you could get arrested. Um, and, and it's the title of my next book, Franking the Swag. But I have to go to the post office and get non-machinable— postage stamps non-machinable it's non the swag is non-machinable mail something about it perhaps it's a fridge magnet that's in there perhaps it's the the slight uh rise in the of the coaster that's in there but uh but the uh, swag envelopes are non-machinable and require postage that says so so but they're mailable you just have to go the, to the, inside the, the post they office are mailable 
but as I frequently tell the post office, of us, post office not malleable. So mm. please, do, please do not bend. I love it when you get mail every day, uh, mostly basketball cards or photos to sign, and, and it always says, do not bend. Yeah. I was um, at the yeah. post office on Friday, no line, and saw the lovely woman who I like to chat with there. And when I was leaving, I said, I like your costume. And then I realized, it's Friday, and that might not be a costume. And then I said, unless it's not a costume, and it's your outfit, then I like your outfit. And um, she said, thank you. It's still slightly unclear, because it was like kind of a Halloween looking hat, but it wasn't an obvious costume, so I'm still slightly unclear. Costume, outfit, either way, hopefully she wasn't offended. I, I, I may have skipped a paragraph in, in this e- email. If I did, I, I apologize, but we recently vacationed in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, I wrote Sue, and after exhausting all the Dolly Parton related activities, and there are many, Rebecca, Dollywood, mm. Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, we decided to visit the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame in nearby Knoxville. Oh, it's wonderful. We live very close to and have been to the Basketball Hall of Fame in Springfield, Mass., but this gave us an opportunity to learn about the history of the women's game specifically. Attached are some photos from Rebecca's class of induction there, the class of 2010. Rebecca, uh, I was there. You were. For that induction. My parents were there. My mom and dad were there. My mom and dad were there. And here is a a sign welcoming. Here's the program. Know what I remember vividly from that induction? I was very pregnant with our youngest, but also... Remember you and I getting to the airport, coincidentally running into my mom and dad, whose flights were two hours, their flight. We both live, you and I and my parents at the time, lived 15 minutes from the airport. We walked through security and walked onto the plane. And my parents were there for their flight that left two hours after ours did. I think... I think It was uh, just like a... Do you think that's a glimpse into uh, our future yeah. where we're going to start arriving at an airport Absolutely. three hours or two and a half hours in before matching our sweatsuits. flight? When we live 15 minutes away, they uh, weren't in matching our, sweatsuits. Our, our plane was flying to Knoxville. Yeah. We disembarked. They loaded up more passengers, flew back to Hartford, and then, then your parents got on that plane and flew, and probably, flew on the next well, flight. Probably. Well, through Atlanta, but yes, probably. I think, I think the older they get, the earlier you arrive at the airport. Uh, finally, the finally. notorious DGS. Dr. Gary Siegel. Hello, Dr. Siegel. Dr. Siegel writes, Dear Rebecca and Steve, while listening to the recent podcast in which Denny was in basement, parentheses, on the Bossamont. Did you follow that, Rebecca? I did. Northern correspondent Steve's, I think he's the northern suburbs correspondent of Mm -hmm. the Twin Cities. We have several resident Canadians and Canadian residents. Mm Mm-hmm. Northern correspondent Steve's approval of Steve Russian's reaction to the tomfoolery surrounding his AAA roadside event made me laugh out loud, made, made me laugh aloud and, quote, give out while doing a set of push-ups. <laughs> you think he, he was looking, I think he was looking for an excuse to give say, out doing the push-ups. Uh, it's, uh, that wouldn't go over well with a drill sergeant, I don't think. Kudos to Steve, the Northern Correspondent, for writing to the pod. I also would be derelict in my reporting if I didn't say that the BNC podcast was the first podcast on my playlist at the gym today, besting Fareed Zakaria GPS's podcast. Do you think, Dr. Siegel, how often does he give out during uh, Fareed Zakaria GPS? I don't know. How often do you think Fareed Zakaria reads a letter from Siegel? Yeah. It should be Fareed Zakaria DGS. Now, that would be a podcast. <laughs> that would. We wouldn't have to do ours if Fareed Zakaria would read uh, missives from Dr. Siegel and misteries from Mrs. Dr. Siegel. Mm. Shall I move on? Notice, yes. notice he's had Steve and Tom Foolery in the same phrase as well. Steve and Tom. 
All right. OMG viewers, OMG viewers, who else could be the fourth head on Mount Rushmore but Holly Rowe, writes Dr. Siegel. While I'm humbled by George's consideration of me, along with many other friends of the pod, George created a beautiful sculpture with the right people depicted on it, and it, it is indeed lucky that it was not eaten by the dog. I, I'm, I'm stunned that it wasn't, Rebecca. Yeah, me too. Moving on to important issues, perhaps a list would be helpful. To wit, one, I'm so glad that the podcast has lasted four years, similar to the average length of a Sherwood Schwartz comedy. My older brother enjoys Paul Henning's comedy TV shows from the 60s. Green Acres, The Beverly Hillbillies, and Petticoat Junction come to mind. CBS was known for its rural, uh, there goes that word again, rural sitcoms. And, and Which it, channel would you say now is known for its rural sitcoms? Well, well, I don't think any. At the time, CBS uh, you know, was appealing to the mass of middle America. And, and in the early 70s, then, in the late 60s, early 70s, they realized they had to have something else. And then they, they went completely different direction. And that's when they had their uh, blockbuster. They, they, they rolled the dice with all in the family. Could have offended everybody. Uh, could have died quickly, but it became the number one show on TV for the next for most of the rest of the decade. Mary Tyler Moore, you know that whole Saturday Night lineup that they had. Mash. Um, where was I? Oh, okay. So I would be also be remiss in not noting that a new patient named Jeannie clarified her name for me, remarking, "It's like the old TV show, I Dream of Jeannie," which was another rather lame 1960s comedy program. <laughs> I liked I Dream of Jeannie. When I was a kid, that was one that might be on if I was homesick from school. Do you think that would uh, be a a hit today? It would never make it on the air, obviously. Yeah, probably not. Super subservient Jeannie who says, calls J.R. Ewing master, right? Oh, right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Two, when the podcast does get a kid reporter, said reporter can get the, the Hanks phone app, which mimics a manual typewriter and apparently was created by actor Tom Hanks, who is a huge fan of manual typewriters. I know he is. Here's a link with a news story about the app. I didn't know there was an app, but that, that would be great to have. It would, yeah. To create the 1010 wins uh, clattering right. uh, soundtrack. Yeah, Hanks is a big manual typewriter guy, famously so. He, he sends uh, typewritten notes to people. Mm-hmm. Three, in 2014, Formula One introduced new power units, previously known as engines, and cars that feature cutting-edge hybrid technology and all sorts of energy capture devices. These devices include, but are not limited to, regenerative brakes, capture of heat energy, capture of exhaust heat and force via turbocharging, and other devices. Power units? So, So Formula One cars are no longer powered by engines. They're powered by power units. Correct. And okay. and uh, and they don't Formula One cars don't don't pit, they box. That's what that's what the they always what? hear on the right over the radio. They hear box. They're not in their pit. They're in. Their they don't. Box. They don't make pit stop. They 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 don't pit as a so verb. Do they do not have a pit crew. Box. They have a pit crew. It's exactly the same as you think of. But, but why but wouldn't the they term be a box is to crew then? Box. Well, maybe it's called a box. I don't know what it's called, but I'm just telling you they don't pit. They box. All right. Um. The components are an alphabet soup of technology, ICE, MGUK, and MGUH for starters. In short, these 1.6-liter internal combustion power units produce nearly 1,000 horsepower with around 50% thermal efficiency. Normal automobile engines are only around 33% efficient, so this type of technology might make the use of petroleum-based fuels more efficient. Now, the correct response to this, Rebecca, is, sir, this is a Wendy's, right? Uh, well, actually, what I'm thinking of, I, I didn't hear the last bit of that because I was thinking in my brain, does this mean now... Uh, Alyssa Thomas, who plays for the Connecticut Sun, she's they call her the engine. And so, like, it, it was 
um, when she would come into the game uh, at Mohegan Sun, sometimes you'd, they'd like over the loudspeakers play like an engine revving. Is, is her nickname now going to have to be the power unit? That's a good nickname. It would be a great nickname, yeah. I, I, I like it. Are they still motors? Like there was like, the power station. Remember that band, Power Station? Vaguely. This is this is my question too. Is like a lot of times in in basketball we talk, oh man, that kid's got a really good motor, or that kid could be really good if they just had a better motor. Is it still called a motor, or is it called? Well, no, no, you else? know what that person uh, needs, because uh, Dr. Siegel writes, biofuels are likely to be used in the next generation of power units due in 2025 or so. So uh, he gives our team real biofuel. Mm. So Dr. Dr. Siegel. What would, what we used to call the motor, what would that be called now? The power unit. No, that's the engine. Is the engine and the motor the same thing? Is it, isn't it? I don't know. The motor. Whoever talks about the motor anyway. Well, my motor well, car. Well, you do. Like when you're talking about an athlete, he has well, a really athlete, good yes. motor. He doesn't have a good motor. What does the motor do? What, what, what is the motor? The motor. <laughs> the motor is the engine, right? I don't know. Why wouldn't, if that the was motor. the case, why wouldn't you say he has a really good engine? But you don't say that. You say he has a really good motor. She has a really good well, motor. You really, you really don't say that either. I mean, people did say that in 1957. No, I, I, you, you say it. Yeah, like if yeah. I'm talking about a kid, I'm like, man, that, that kid's got it. If only that kid had a better motor, man, that, that kid's got a great motor. Yeah, I use it. She revs high. Does somebody use that? No, I don't say that. No? No. I neither do I. Four, Formula One may, in, by, by the way, do I, I, you have any sympathy now for the long-suffering Mrs. Dr. Siegel when, when you read about all these uh, this alphabet soup of technology that Dr. Siegel clearly loves regaling Mrs. Dr. Gary Siegel with. Well, maybe he doesn't. Maybe sure. he talks about this like with his son or with his other motorheads and leaves Mrs. Maybe she is a motorhead. Mrs. Maybe Dr. She's, Gary maybe Siegel she's, out of it. Maybe she maybe, loves it. Maybe she is. That is right. true. Maybe she is a motorhead. We'll find out. Four, Formula One may indeed be infringing upon NASCAR's territory. There is an article in The in the Athletic that addresses that very topic, but Dr. Siegel doesn't write, there's an article in The Athletic. He writes, there's an article in the online magazine, The Athletic. And well, I, I appreciate that he did that because that distinguishes The Athletic from the Shakespearean play, The Athletic. There's a Shakespearean play called The Athletic? Of course not. No. But there is an online magazine called The Athletic. I know. I subscribe to it. Right. That was that was like when there was a movie in the 80s called Hot Dog, colon, The Movie. Just in case you didn't understand that it was not the food? Not the, yeah, in case you went to the theater thinking you were going to watch a screen of Hot Dog the Food or, or, or Hot Dog the, uh, the, the Broadway musical. Or, got it. Okay. Five. As I type, I await Tuesday's game, of, game five of the World Series, where the Braves face those sign-stealing Astros needing to win one game to be world champions. Ooh. If, this is, a, this is a, a letter from the past, not knowing. Have we already played game six? No, 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 game six is is tonight as we record this. But game five, you may or may not recall, the Braves lost after having a big lead. After after hitting a grand slam in the first inning to take a 4 nothing lead. I didn't lead. watch a second of it. I haven't seen a highlight of it, but I, you did mention that to me. Uh, as a lifelong Braves fan, I've taken the liberty of including a poster scene at a recent game as a concluding remark. Uh, the, the sign reads, Go Braves, I had a better sign, but the Astros stole it. All the best. Well, the Braves have two chances uh, to win one game. They may only need one chance to win one game. No, but both, both, both of those games are in Houston. This, this is, is that the proper way to say it? They have two chances to win one game? No, no. It's, it's the improper way to say it. But, but I won't even talk about it because by the time people hear this, it They'll will have They'll have been one over. chance or, or no, no chances, chances depending left. on when people listen to it. Or if people don't listen to it at all, it's a moot point. Right. Um, speaking of, of things that are entirely moot, should we uh, – Put a bow on this podcast? <laughs> yes, let's wrap it up. For 
Tom Dick Har- Hari and uh, producer Denny Geller, who's not on on Bassamont this week. Um, play or, or I don't think I said that right. For producer Denny Gallagher, you and me, Tom DeCari, play us out. Sing says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Six of us and the family pet live in this cuckoo nest. Daily grind puts your sanity to a daily test. Androgynous and vigorous, what we give for a little rest. Stay by day just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane.